welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Okay, welcome everyone. I am super excited for today's guest. It's Angela Kim. Angela and I go way back and Angela has played a huge role in me figuring out how to create wealth in alignment with my purpose. And I've watched her do it in magnificent ways in her own world. So I'm so excited to share her with you and for you to get to know her better if you don't already. Um, Before we jump in, I just want to tell you a little bit about Angela. Angela Gia Kim is the founder of Saver Beauty, which includes a group of holistic facial spas in New York City and upstate New York. My skincare comes from these spas, and it is amazing. She continues to grow the line of beauty products she has there with a line of Saver Spa and estheticians. Her Dollars and Cents initiative hires women who are transitioning back into the workforce. And I love this because being someone who is surrounded by women who are trying to get back into the workforce, who were maybe brilliant in their careers before and took an exit strategy either because of kids or a parent or some other reason, I found really do need that that kind of entrance ramp back. And Angela provides that. Saver Beauty has also founded Saver the Success, which helps women see beauty in everything, create rituals, and organize their days to savor the sweet parts of life. And one of the tools that is put out by Angela, which is amazing, and she's continued to recreate it, and maybe we'll talk about it in a little while, is the Daily Action Planner, something I use to set goals and achieve a lot in my business. So let's jump in. Angela, welcome. Hey, Patty. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Oh, gosh. I am so excited you're here. So so this podcast is all about wealth and purpose. And so if you're okay with it, I'd love to just jump into some core questions that I think are so important for people to hear. Absolutely. You know, how do you define wealth beyond money? Wealth to me is abundance, just pure and simple abundance. So that could encompass financially when you're not worried about money and you feel a sense of generosity with your finances. Um, It's abundance of friendship, abundance of connection, abundance of resources, abundance of hope, abundance of just that fulfillment of, as you just said, purpose. So to me, wealth is really the epitome of abundance. I love that because I think um, one of the struggles I've seen, at least for me, when I was starting my business, now it's been years, and now I see this for a lot of other people, is this idea that making money is wealth. But in the process, if you lose a lot of those other things you just talked about, then it doesn't feel that good. It doesn't feel good at all. And how many people do we know that do are financially successful but are extremely unhappy? So the two definitely go don't go hand in hand. Although I think you know one's financial stability does bring a sense of stability and comfort and safety 
to one's well-being. So I think financial um, independence and security is a very important component to wealth. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I've loved watching you create the wealth that you've created because what you know, one of the things I wanted to feature here, the people I wanted to feature here are people who I have known personally watch them create their financial success and can say, I know what it's looked like behind the scenes. And I can honestly say they have worked very hard to stay aligned with who they are as a human being and to give back. And I've seen you do that beautifully. And I would love for you to share with people a little bit about like what that journey looked like for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Patty. That means a lot coming from you. So, um, well, I've experienced both sides of the coin where I've not had wealth, financial wealth, and also the abundance that I was talking about earlier. And I've also experienced the other side of it where financially things are together and, you know, I have an abundance of friendships, connection and, and fulfillment and purpose. It's funny that you're, we're talking about this today because my sister called me yesterday and she said, Angela, you know, can you tell me your secret to becoming financially successful? Because from her standpoint, she always felt, even though we grew up not very wealthy at all. In fact, contrary, my mom was a single mom after my dad passed away when I was 13. And she was literally raising us on $15,000 of salary as a piano teacher. And she had three teenage girls. So from my sister's standpoint, she said, but even when you were young, you were always saving money and you were, um, you paid off your school debt very early on um, after you graduated school. And you've always been very financially, you know, just sage and wise. What's your secret? And I would say it really stems back to when my dad was alive, he would teach us, he would teach me in particular, because I was the oldest one to always save 50% of whatever I made. So if he gave me 25 cents for cleaning the bathroom, I would save, you know, 50% of that 25 cents, you know, and so that is extreme, but it is something that I practiced even in my 20s. It was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this plan where I'm going to save X amount and pay off my student loans. And then I'm going to redivest that amount of money and put it into something else. And then also just, you know, I said to my sister, you have to go on this austerity plan where you, I, literally in my 20s, I practiced the envelope method where I would put hundred dollars cash into an envelope. And I'd say, that's my, that's it. That's my breakfast, lunch, and dinner money for the entire week. And with any money that was left over, I was saving for my, to purchase my first apartment. And that's just the way we had to make it happen. So that's how I started out in my twenties um, with financial wealth. Cause I, what I learned very early on is live within your means. That is so important. And when you put aside that money, you feel so good about it because it gives you a little bit of financial stability when you're first starting out. Oh, I could keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I want you to keep going because okay. I, I, but I have so many questions about that because that's so fascinating because yeah. I have known you for a long time and I actually haven't heard you say it that particular way before. Oh, so what, what, that my dad made me save 50% or yeah. part? Yeah. Like I know that the envelope process was big for you and Mark to get your first place. And um, I watched that happen, which Mark is, um, Angela's awesome husband. And I've always been amazed at your discipline. I think discipline is a big factor that I've seen define your success. And as someone that personally who you know has 
manage to kind of be disciplined in certain areas. I think other areas for me, like me, not you, you know, I watch you and I kind of try and drink it in so that maybe I could like absorb more of that disciplinedness. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, let me, let me fast forward many, many years later, but, um, and then I do want to get into when I first started my business because I, I was given some very wise advice early on that I practice to this day, which is why I think I'm able to build a business organically that is financially sound and profitable. So, but I do want to share this story. So my, um, my husband will, my husband and I have friends that we've had for like 10, 15 years and they left New York city to raise their children in Arizona. And my husband just went out for his friends. I think it was like his 35th or 40th birthday. And my husband came back and he's like, Oh, we have to get on the austerity plan. I just talked about the austerity plan with you. I said, what's that? And he said, well, they're able to pay off their entire mortgage before they're 40 years old, because they're on this austerity plan where they are doing the envelope method that you and I did when we were in our 20s. And like, it's hardcore austerity plan. So I don't know, even at this day and age where we are financially stable, and you know, things are going well, um, I got very turned on by that idea, because this idea of wasting money is, is a major turnoff for my husband and me. And no matter what, you know, my daughter, she's ra- she's being raised very differently than how I was raised, you know? So we want to teach our daughter this, like, just buy what you need. Don't waste anything. Eat everything that's on your plate and be grateful, you know? So I'm teaching her how to save 50%. She makes, she makes way more money than I did for her allowance, but I make her save 50% because I want to teach her the same value of money that my dad taught me. So anyway, that that's the austerity plan. And I think it's really fun. It's like put a little, put cash into an envelope. And if this is what you have for, for food for the week, this is what you have for food for the week. And that's how you can start from nothing to and turn it into something. So what would you say to a business owner that is just coming into this concept then and maybe has, you know, a lot of debt or has uh, not a lot of clients coming through the door? Like maybe they don't have a lot of income coming in right now. Yeah. So this, okay, I, w- I speak from experience. So when I first started um, Saber Beauty, which was then called Omaroma, it was just a hobby and it was a very expensive hobby. And I didn't think I was going to turn it into a business. I thought it was going to be like a side hobby slash business. So uh, before I knew it, I had racked $60,000 of debt. Uh, I had bought all this lotion ingredients, you know, shea butter, coconut oil, all this stuff. And it was starting to, I was just getting so passionate about this hobby. So I was just putting things on my credit card. And what I said to myself at the time was, well, okay, if, if this goes bad and I can't pay back my credit card, I'm not going to tell my husband this, but we can sell the ha- our apartment and I'll pay off the credit card debt with that apartment. So that was the risk I was willing to take. So that's something I would I will say is that if you're d- only risk what you're willing to lose. So I was like, okay, I can I can live with that. Maybe my husband and I will have to have a talk later on, but I believe in myself, so I'm going to go for this. And then what I did was when I started making money, I always put aside, that was the same theory and principle that my dad taught me. I always put aside X percent. I think at the time it was like 25% of whatever money came in, I would pay off my debt. So I was very disciplined about it. So let's say I sold a lotion for a cream for $50. I would take 
$25 or I would take 25% of that $50 and I would put it aside to pay off my debt no matter what. And this is at a time, Patty, when, do you remember 0% APR and you could switch yeah. and to put it onto a different 0%. So I wasn't really paying any percentage on it, which was a godsend, but I paid down that $60,000 debt in two years with that method of whatever I make is immediately going to pay down that debt. And then once I make that money, once I pay down the debt, then I'll have that 25% that I will then use to purchase X, Y, and Z, or I'll get another employee to help, or God forbid at the time, I'll pay myself a salary, you know? So I was very careful whenever I'm paying down something, I always say, okay, what am I going to use now that I've paid it off to then parlay that and redivest that money or reinvest that money into something else? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I love that. That's just so smart. So now just to kind of bring some balance to listeners, because what I always feel is that we don't, no one comes with all the eggs in the basket. Like no one comes just nailing every aspect of an abundant life. I think we all come with, you know, our particular wounds or our particular stressors, the things that we heal to, you know, sort of evolve as souls. And I don't think you came in with money being one of them or at least discipline around it. But when you think of your definition of wealth, what do you think has kind of been your mountain to climb um, when it's come to creating the kind of abundant success that you wanted and that you've achieved? Well, I think, you know, a big, there was a period in my entrepreneurship when I was like, something is blocking me. I don't know what it is, but something around money, something around spirit of sharing is blocking me. And I I couldn't figure out for the life of me what that was. And this is going to sound really weird, but the minute that I started to take care of myself better, my body, my spirit, my taking some time off of work is the moment when things started to crack open for me. And I started to feel like there was, it was, there was a much more of a profitability inside of money that was then reflect that inside of me, right. That was then reflected in my business. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I love that you said that. Cause I think our listeners, the people that are really paying attention to this, they need to hear that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because right now I think they're, they've listened to you and they're thinking, oh man, they're beating themselves up. I don't have that discipline. I haven't been putting away 50%. I haven't even been putting away 1%. I suck. I'll never be wealthy. Yeah. And I think treating yourself well and that, that, that self-worth and, and that self-love has a lot to do with opening up the space to do all the other disciplined activities. Do you feel like that's true or am I? Well, I think for me it was inverse because don't forget, I grew up with tiger parents. Do you know what a tiger parent is? Well, I do, but why don't you tell them? Cause I also know what your childhood was like. So give some context. Yeah. So tiger parent, it, it comes from tiger mom, this book that was written by I think her name was Amy Chan and I forgot her last name. So forgive me, but you know, it was about like Korean parents, Asian parents in general, they just push, push, push their kids. So like, even when I was at the age of like three or four years old, I was practicing like two to three hours of piano every single day. And like, I remember my dad and this, this is where the daily action planner comes in. You know, he would make me write down every day the three biggest things I was going to accomplish that day. And I had to like, my life was scheduled starting from five in the morning. So, you know, and I 
I've taken since then, I've taken that self-care portion and infused my, my quote daily action planner with that. And we'll get into that later. But, um, so my experience was a little inverse petty where it was like push, 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 discipline, discipline until I was super burnt out and then putting self-care and that's when things cracked open. Some people may need the other balance, right? They may need to be a little bit more disciplined, not beating yourself up. That's not what I mean. I mean, even if you're making a dollar, put aside 5% of that dollar, put aside five cents. It's that, it's that manifesting that muscle of putting something aside because putting something aside is really caring for yourself. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you deserve that. You don't have to take that money and spend it all on something that gives you temporal or temporary pleasure. You can put that side aside that money aside. And I call it the saver fund, right? Save for a sunny day. So, I think no matter what, even if, because that's what I was doing, even when I was really like a poor starving student and then a poor starving artist, even if I would make $50, I would try to put away even 10 cents as a symbolic gesture for my future self. I love that because I think there's two pieces to that, which I didn't pick up on before when we were talking, but I know it's part of who you are, Angela, is that when you put that money aside, it's not just discipline, it's also faith in a brighter future. Because when you're using it in that very right now, you know, for whatever reason right now, it's because you're trying to relieve the pain of right now, whether it's you're giving money to someone else that you know, instead of taking care of yourself or you were um, spending money in this moment, like everything you've got, it's because you're trying to relieve something, right? Yes. I love what you just said about it. It is faith as well. You know, I'm, I'm big on faith, Angela. It has to come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to bring that thread through. So yeah. um, let's go back to the daily action planner because I did mention it in the intro and I love it because the daily action planner is an actual product and we can talk and it'll be in the show notes where you can get it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The daily action planner is a product. The product is based on a system. And because I've known you so long and I was lucky enough to be in your mastermind years ago, I, I got to watch as the system developed and it, made such a difference for me. So why don't we yeah. talk about that? Like, where's okay. that coming? So the daily action planner really, as I mentioned, it started, you know, with my dad's discipline where it was like, okay, we're going to write everything down. And then when you're done, you're going to check it off and you're going to prioritize. And this is how you're going to reach success in your life. Right. And that system definitely works. But as I mentioned to you, there were aspects that I needed to almost spiritualize and make my life more fun. And um, I didn't want to drive myself to the ground and get burnt out. So self-care is a huge part of it. So the daily action planner really is made up of four components of what is your big vision? Where do you want to be in, let's say, five, 10 years? And then you break that down into your 90-day vision. And then you break it down into your weekly and daily rituals. And I call them rituals because these are things that you do on a daily basis And yes, that's discipline, but ritual sounds a little bit more um, like something you'd want to do. You're more drawn to doing. And then the last part is organizing your gorgeous chaos, which is a huge part of my mindset where I think 
a lot of people think, oh, I'm failing or this is a mess or this is wrong. And I don't look at things like that. I look at things as learning opportunities. This was a message for me. How can I take what's flowing and really um, blow it up? So those are the four components of the daily action planner. And you, you choose your 90-day vision. So there are worksheets on how, how do you create your 90-day vision? How do you want to feel? You know, that's why I told you at the top of this show podcast that I want to feel abundance because that's my recurring theme. When you ask me, Angela, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I just say, I want to feel abundance. I want to be, I want to have my abundance of connections, of friends, of, of what is it that I, the generosity of what I want to give back to the world. So that's my overarching, you know, vision. And then I've chunked it down into 90 day visions. And then the daily action planner has 12 weekly tabs so that you can keep yourself accountable and track how you're doing every single week. I love it. I wish this was a visual podcast because I'd be holding up my daily action planner right now and showing everyone everything you're talking about. You know, the one thing I do want you to go a little bit deeper into because I think it is something that's unique about you. And I love studying successful people, especially if I've been able to watch that success happen. You What I've observed of you, and you can say if this is true or not, is that I don't ever see you really experiencing failure the way most of us do. You don't yeah. normally say, I failed. You you kind of just say like, oh, that didn't work. And then you're you're already on to, okay, how do I make it work? Yeah. Yeah. So totally. Okay. So I view life like um, in literal prototypes. That's what I call it. So I, let me just give you an example. So when I was starting my, you know, as a hobby, I was making lotions and potions in my kitchen and the first one totally sucked. And so so did the second one and the third one and the fourth one. And I just kept going. And what I did was I was like, wait a minute. So yes, this one is a failure, but actually I really like the thickness of it. So what did I use in this ingredient for the ingredients to make it this thickness? And so I would take that thickness and that ingredient. And then I would say, so if I use the thickness, but I, let's say I hate the fragrance, the essential oils. Well, how can I tweak the essential oils? So I would do that. And at literally every single time my notebook looked like a mess because it was like, well, I like this fragrance now. I love the essential oil blend, but I really hate that it feels greasy. What ingredient feels greasy? Oh, it's probably the coconut oil, too much coconut oil. Well, if I do that, you know, so So that's kind of how I look at life. Like when something is not, um, when something doesn't work, I really clean up my side of the sidewalk. So I have an honest conversation. I say, well, how did I contribute to that problem? Because I know I contributed to that problem. What do I need to clean up? And I don't worry about what the other person needs to clean up because honestly, unless I'm there to mentor them or whatever, it's not my business, right? I can't, I'm not there to judge them. I'm not ju- there to judge the the failure or the product that didn't work. It's just what, what do I need to clean up? What do I need to make better for the next time? And let's just move on. Like, yeah, let's move on. So good. And, and you know, Angela, what I love about you with that with that explanation, what I want the listeners to really get, because it's been such a good example for me as I've grown my business, is there's very little ego involved in the way you've grown your success. And 
What I mean by that is I know you enjoy success and I know you enjoy your beautiful brand and all of the success you've created and your ego gets to appreciate that and and have fun with that. Uh, um, Very early on, every time I would whine or complain about something that wasn't going right, you always push back on me and were like, we'll figure out how to make it right. Like there is no, you know, there, there was always this idea, I think, and especially because of internet marketing, that success happens in these clean, easy spaces, 60, you know, six figures in 60 days or whatever it is. And you've always been guerrilla tactics, at least from where, where I sit. Yeah. Yeah. What, so guerrilla tactics, what do you mean by that? Meaning, you know, when you're going to make something happen, there isn't some pretty easy system that if you follow step one, two, three, you're guaranteed success. Guerrilla right. tactics are like you told me, you know, when I was doing my first event, you got to get on the phone with people and sell those tickets one by one. Yeah, um, totally. And and I think a lot of it has to do with listening to your business, listening to your clients, listening to your team members, listening to your employees. A lot of it has to do with asking questions. And maybe because I was not a business person and I was a concert pianist before this, maybe there is a certain level of humility to the way I approach business because I, I don't arrive thinking I'm going to be perfect. I arrive knowing I'm smart, knowing I'm very intuitive. I'm probably more intuitive than I'm smart and knowing I have, well, we can't swear. Sorry. Okay. I have a lot to learn. (laughs) I'm sure this is going to be an explicit podcast. Yeah. No, because I like to listen to podcasts with my daughter in the car. So I want to do that for your listeners. I, I really enter with that strong awareness that there's a lot to learn. I'm not saying there's no ego. There's a lot of ego too, but I enter knowing that there's a lot to learn. I, well, I just want to stress that for the listeners, because what I see so often happen is if they, if someone doesn't create success in some picture perfect step-by-step system that's they believe they failed. And what I've seen watching you is that's not actually how success happens. It happens when you're willing to get back down in there, which actually leads me to my next question, which is what do you consider your purpose? Because I think the reason I'm asking you that right now is I think when we really get clear about our purpose and we stay aligned with it, then doing whatever it takes to reach the highest level of that purpose is the space where our egos no longer play. And that's where our souls really thrive. So what do you think your purpose is? You know, and I think oftentimes it evolves. Like I think my purpose 10 years ago is is a new evolution of that purpose. So, you know, right now, oftentimes I think one's purpose is what one had to overcome. So right now I'm very interested in teaching people how to take care of themselves in order to bring out the best in themselves, you know, and how do you make your inner world as beauty, beautiful as your outer world. And what I mean by that is cleaning up your thoughts, detoxifying your thoughts, organizing your inner world so that you can, you don't feel chaotic, but you feel on top of your game so that you can feel more confident and confidence glows through you, you know? So oftentimes I think you teach what you have to learn. And that's something that I had to learn in the last five years is your self-care and your inner world is just as important as your outer world. Mm, I love that. So- 
do you, where did your purpose, where did pursuing your purpose end up being the thing that catapulted your wealth? Hmm. Okay. Wait, one more time. So when did my purpose catapult into becoming my wealth? What I really want with everyone that comes on this podcast is to explain the intersection because I think sometimes we pursue our purpose and think that wealth is off to the left or the right, you know? And what I've always seen is success sort of catapults itself when your purpose really becomes interwoven with the way you create money and time freedom and everything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, let me step back just a little bit. So I love my brand, the Saver brand. I really love it to my core. Like I, and I don't mean that in an egotistical narcissistic way. I just love the meaning of Saver beauty. And I love how it affects other people for them to savor the beauty of life. And I just love the intersection of how, when you learn how to savor life, savor your beauty, savor, you know, you just become who you're meant to be. And so I think by loving what the purpose of the brand is, I feel extremely passionate about getting it out and helping other people love it. And I have an innate ability to create a brand that is charismatic so that it can have that ability ability to touch people, whether it's through social media, through the way we're speaking, through the products, through the services. And I really think that love at the center of what you're doing is you can't explain it. Like no amount of marketing, no amount of PR, no amount of selling is going to express it better than the actual feeling itself. So I don't know. I I think that question kind of didn't really answer your, I'm sorry, my answer didn't really answer your your question. But I do think that at the center of what one needs to do is really love what their brand stands for and does for other people. And then that love supersedes anything. And so even when I'm talking to my employees or to mentoring other entrepreneurs, that's why I say small shifts, no sudden movements, because when love is there, you just make these small little things and, and call me delusional, call me crazy. But when you have love present, I think the universe sends you messages through all of your failures, all your mistakes, all of your um, trials and tribulations, like there are messages in there. And if you keep asking questions, you're going to get closer and closer to the right. You're going to get closer to hitting that target. And if you think about small shifts, that's so manageable. They're just tiny little little baby steps, just like babies take little steps, fall, take little steps, start to walk, start to run. That's all you're in charge of is what is the best thing that can come out of this moment? What's that next best step? And if you have your big vision, you have your 90-day vision, and then you just take these small shifts, your, your mistakes, your trials and tribulations are really your best friend. If you think of it from that, that standpoint. I love that. So good. So that's, you know what, that's a perfect transition over to one, our uh, close. But what I really want to do is encourage the listeners to check out your daily action planner. I love it. I've been using it for years. I've seen it evolve out of these tiny baby step changes that Angela talks about. She's She's a really good exemplifier of what it looks like if you do attach to those baby steps and don't get overwhelmed with you know, big, big shifts and pivots. 
Where can anyone get the Daily Action Planner right now, Angela? You can just go to mydailyactionplanner.com and there it is. Your Daily Action Planner is waiting for you. And you know, Patty, this this is a perfect example of how when you love something, you just you just do it. And then you make these small, tiny shifts to like really get to the target. You know, at one point I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to do the daily action planner. I don't know. And I just thought to myself, I can't live without the daily action planner myself. And I really feel it's so important. It's an important contribution to others to give this tool to help them to you know, ritualize what they're doing on a daily basis, help them see their visions, but then also make these small little, small little daily steps, you know, to, to their bigger vision. So that love for what it is, is really the anchor into getting it out into the world, you know? I love that. And I can feel it because this is the brand new one. So what I'm holding is, um, it's just got released probably a couple weeks ago, right? Maybe four weeks ago. And about a month ago. Yeah, it's the revision of it. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely Thank gorgeous. You. I love it. The director design it. We've had a long time relationship collaboration for the Saber Beauty brand. And when I said to him, Hey, you want to um, redesign the new daily action planner? He was like, I'm game. Let's do this. So I was really excited. Well, excellent. It's come out beautifully. I'm so excited for you, Angela, because Every time you do something that you take to the next level, I get to watch and learn. So thank you for that. Okay, so where can everyone find you other than at mydailyactionplanner.com, which we will put in the show notes? Okay, well, um, if you want a daily dose of inspiration, you can follow at Saver Success. And of course, connect with me at Angela Gia Kim. Um, this is all Instagram because I'm crazy about Instagram. I love it. Yeah, that's how we can connect. I love it. Awesome. You should definitely follow Angela on Instagram. I'm still figuring out how to play on Instagram regularly, but Angela's a rock star there. So you'll love following her. I'm not a rock star, sure not, but I think it's a great way to play with your branding and just like, I think it's a great way to really get out what you love about your purpose, your brand. And Instagram is a perfect platform for that. Well, there we go. A little pitch for Instagram there, although I don't think they need us, but we'll do it anyway. Go there. Okay, Angela, any last um, words of wisdom you want to leave the listeners with? Well, here, I promise something. I don't think this is like the most poetic way to end such an amazing beginning of a podcast, Patty Lennon, but I did promise this and we didn't get to it. So I said that I was going to share one of the best pieces of advice that I had received when I first started my business. And this goes back to building your financial stability. And so my um, some friend of ours who was a successful business person was giving me advice when I first was thinking about launching this little hobby business that now is Saber Beauty. He said to me, you know, when you don't have a lot of money, you buy small toys, you don't buy the big toys, but then you start to save up for the big toys and then you can start buying the big toys. So I think that's a very important piece where it's like, that's how I've grown my business where it's like, okay, so you can't afford, you know, X, Y, and Z right now. And maybe all you can afford is a part-time assistant or even an assistant for 10 hours a week or even five hours a week. So you get that. And then when you make a little bit more money, you can increase the hours. And that I think that's responsible building for business. And it's a little bit of a game that can be fun as well. Such good advice. Thank you for leaving with that. And I'm glad we came back to it because it is important. So um, thank you so much, Angela, for being here. It's always my pleasure to get to talk to you and hear your wisdom. And I so appreciate you being here. 
And Patty, I want to close with this. I'm so proud of you. And I think this is such an important platform for you. You're such a natural at it. And I'm really excited to see how many people you're going to touch with your love, your brand of love, your passion, and people just adore you for your realness and your transparency. So I just wanted to share how proud I am that you're doing this. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) That's a lovely end. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye everyone. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. It fills my heart when I read a review and helps us reach many more people. So thank you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.